Welcome to Expositional Excerpts. I'm your host, Matthew Pilch. I pastor Grace Fellowship Baptist Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Let's dive into the Word. In today's episode, we are going to continue our discussion of Genesis chapters 49, the end of 49 through chapter 50. And what we are looking at here under our first point is that death, the death of a believer provides a last opportunity to demonstrate faith in God. Now, this principle that we've just stated is going to carry us all the way through chapter 50, 50 verse 14. So in our last episode, we began the discussion of this just looking at verses 29 to 32, where we realized that upon uh, the realization of our imminent death, a believer has a chance to demonstrate faith again. And we've got a few other observations to make as we try and move, as we begin to work our way through uh, chapter 50, verse 14. So that was the first subpoint. Uh, upon the realization of imminent death, a believer has a chance to demonstrate faith again. Now, here's the second principle under this idea of having a last opportunity to demonstrate faith in God, and that's this, that death visits all who are under the curse of sin. Again, we've stated something similar to this in the past, but let's just see, you know, because the scriptures give time to make the statement. You know, we do have general statements about people's death, deaths, but we don't have everybody who died. And that's, you know, so when the scriptures say that somebody died, we need to, we need to pay attention to that and use that as an opportunity to remind ourselves of what death is, especially in a culture that is trying to get away from that and to glamorize death. We now live in a culture in the Western world where they're trying to make death look appealing. And to an unbeliever, it should be anything but appealing. Uh, yes, there may be suffering in this life. You may feel lonely. You may be depressed. You may be fighting all these things, but death is not an outlet if you do not know Jesus because that will only lead to more suffering that is infinitely worse than anything you have suffered in this world. But the fact of the matter is, is death visits all who are under the curse of sin. And believers are not exempt from that. Just because you are a believer does not mean that you will escape death. Verse 33, when Jacob finished commanding his sons, he drew up his feet into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people. All right. And the first thing we want to notice here is this phrase was gathered to his people. The destination of believers is different than that of unbelievers. And while this is a sad testimony that death happens at all, the death of a believer is bittersweet. We have seen this formula before. We made mention of it uh, in, in our previous episode. Uh, there's, one, there's one thing missing, but we'll get to that in a second. Back in Genesis 25, verse 8, we read this, Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age. He was 175. He was gathered to his people. Genesis 25, verse 17, Ishmael. These are the years of the life of Ishmael, 137 years. He breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people. Genesis 35, verse 29, Isaac breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people, old and full of days, 
180 years. So he actually lived a little bit longer than his father, Abraham, and his sons, Esau and Jacob, buried him. The key difference here is we're missing this verb to die. Okay, did you notice that? Let's read it again. When Jacob finished commanding his sons, he drew up his feet into the bed and breathed his last, and this is where we'd expect to find it, but we don't, and was gathered to his people. So he breathed his last, there is no and died, rather it just focuses on the gathering to his people. So the emphasis here is on the rejoining, not on the death. And so what that makes us do then is reflect on what death is. In order to do that, I found it helpful that we might turn to another section of scripture, namely Psalm 49. Let's just take a moment and read through verses 5 to 20. Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me? those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches. Truly, no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life, for the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice that he should live on forever and never see the pit. For he sees that even the wise die, the fool and the stupid alike must perish and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever, their dwelling places to all generations, though they called lands by their own names. Man in his pomp will not remain. He is like the beasts that perish. This is the path of those who have foolish confidence, yet after them people approve of their boasts. Like sheep they are appointed for Sheol, death shall be their shepherd, and the upright shall rule over them in the morning." Their form shall be consumed in Sheol with no place to dwell. But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. Be not afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases. For when he dies, he will carry nothing away. His glory will not go down after him. For though while he lives, he counts himself blessed, and though you get to praise Uh, And though you get praise when you do well for yourself, his soul will go to the generation of his fathers who will never again see light. Man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like the beasts that perish. Incredible, incredible statement there on death from Psalm 49, verses 5 to 20. And what it does is it reminds us that everybody dies. Even the wise die, the fool and the stupid alike, everybody. And we're just like the beasts that perish when it comes to death. There is a difference, though, that we have the image of God. But the thing that you want is located right there in the last half of that section, verse 15. God will ransom my soul for the power of Sheol. Sheol, he will receive me. And uh, the Psalm of David here the only hope that we have of being rescued from eternal uh, destruction is God, that he will ransom our soul. And the way that we get that, obviously, is through faith in Jesus Christ, who paid the power or paid the penalty, excuse me, uh, for sin and bore the wrath of God in his body. We read similar things in Ecclesiastes, for instance, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 5 and 6, for the living know that they will die but the dead know nothing. 
and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. And uh, great wisdom and insight there from one of the smartest men ever on the face of the earth, Solomon. And just from a human standpoint, they all die and we can't communicate with the dead. The dead know nothing. They have no more reward. It doesn't give a full picture, but it's talking about once we die on this earth, that's it. There's no coming back to this except for a couple, uh, a couple of examples that really just prove the point, right? The, the hope of the resurrection when people are brought back from the dead, it's very unusual and, and that's not the norm. Job chapter 14, verses 1 and 2 and verse 5 and 10 and 12. Man who is born of a woman is few of days and full of trouble. He comes out like a flower and withers. He flees like a shadow and continues not. Verse 5, since his days are determined and the number of his months is with you, and you have appointed his limits that he cannot pass. Verses 10 to 12, but a man dies and is laid low. Man breathes his last, and where is he? As waters fail from a lake and a river wastes away and dries up, so a man lies down and rises not again till the heavens are no more. He will not awake or be roused out of his sleep. Sobering thoughts on the topic of death, and we should confront it. And the scriptures do it from time to time. Like I said earlier, they don't do it every single time. We don't have a record of every person's death, but when they record it, we ought to take that time and go back and reflect on death. Death visits all, and believers are not exempt from that. What is God's attitude toward death? Very briefly, Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 32, God says this, For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live. There's the admonition. He doesn't want to see people die. He gives you the opportunity to at least experience eternal life. Uh, That's not talking about saving you from death in this world, but from eternal destruction. You can turn to him and live. John 11, verse 17. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Then jumping ahead to verses 33 to 36. When Jesus saw her, Mary, weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. Jesus mourned over the death of a friend of his. Okay, so God's attitude toward death is not that he revels in it and is waiting in heaven to watch us all die. He wants you and me and everybody to repent and believe in him. Uh, We are born into a sin-cursed world. We choose sin of our own volition, and yet God has paid the penalty of sin through the second person of the triunity, through the person of Jesus Christ who took on human flesh. So, Very, very important for us to reflect on this. Death visits all who are under the curse of sin and believers are not exempt. That means that one day you and I are going to experience death. Now, there is one exception to that. I believe that we have this recorded for us in the Bible and we, it is what the Bible depicts as the rapture of the church, a sudden snatching away the harpazo uh, of, of the church of believers in the very last day. We don't know if we're that generation, but if we are, then we may very well be a generation that does not experience death. 
but we have we have these pictures of people, I believe, such as Enoch, who walked with God, Elijah, who was snatched away, rode up to heaven in chariots of fire. We have these pictures of people that are taken into heaven who do not experience death so that we have a basis of understanding that God can, and in fact has already done this, has taken uh, people up to himself and bypassed death. Jesus paid the penalty, including death, and for that generation that is alive in the last day when God chooses to take his restraining Holy Spirit out of this world. The Holy Spirit is in this world, in uh, dwelling believers, right? He's in dwelling believers, And once the Holy Spirit is removed and the church is removed, then that is the restraining grace removed for those last final and terrible days. So we do have to make that caveat uh, there. But aside from that, and we can't bank on the fact that we're going to be around for that. We don't know when that's going to be. No man knows the day or the hour. Certainly seems, well, from a mathematical standpoint, every day that we're alive, we're a day closer. So we can certainly say that we're closer to that day now than we've ever been before, but we can't say with any certainty that it's going to be this year, next year, you know, a month from now or five years from now. We don't know. It might not be in our lifetimes. I I generally am holding out for the hope of that because the world is getting much, much worse at an alarmingly uh, rapid rate. That it is just crazy the things that we're starting to see around us. But that being said, Everybody experiences death. There is one, uh, there is one exception to that, and that is the church uh, that is in that last day. So it's very important for us to to come to grips with that. But God doesn't delight in that, and we have to we have to reflect on these things, uh, whether we're confronted with them in Scripture or whenever we have an opportunity to reflect on that as we experience it in the church, and. I want to encourage you, if somebody in the church dies and you have the opportunity to go to the funeral, even if you weren't super close, uh, go. Uh, Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes, it's better to be in a house of mourning than in a house of mirth. There is something instructive. There's something sobering about being at a funeral where you're watching people mourn and people confronted with death. And it's something that we should do regularly to be reminded of our own mortality and our need to be right with God. That's all we have time for today. We'll pick up our discussion again of this first point that we're making, that the death of a believer provides last opportunity to demonstrate faith in God. We've already looked at the idea that upon realization of imminent death, a believer has a chance to demonstrate faith again, verses 29 to 32. Now in verse 33, death visits all who are under the curse of sin. Believers are not exempt. And we'll come back and take a look at a couple more aspects that will bring us uh, through the first 14 verses of chapter 50. This has been another podcast of Expositional Excerpts with Pastor Matthew Pilch. If you'd like more information, please visit our church website at gfbc.net.